Have we got the record button pressed? Wonderful. Thank you. Hello. Morning. Just wanted to follow up with what Anna was saying. I think it's so tempting just uh, in our walk with Jesus, just to kind of, well, mainly when we kind of look with other people, to put on a bit of a mask and a bit of a front. So easy to do. I do it all the time. And I think as a Christian community, it's just it's so important for us to be brave and just to share how we're doing. And then for the person who's hearing, our job is to then embrace, is to acknowledge and, and not judge and to, to listen and not try and fix. Um, someone gave me some feedback this week that they, uh, they thought it's, it's always hard to tell how I'm feeling. They can't ever tell how I'm feeling. And um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Thank you for that feedback. And I realized it was like, it's kind of my job to let other people know how I'm doing. So in a, in a, in a Christian community like this, it's actually my job to communicate to my brothers and sisters like how I'm feeling. And um, apparently I'm quite good at hiding it. So I need to make more of an effort. Actually, just saying, hey, today, this is on my heart. Because it's in those moments of real honesty that Jesus can transform. He can really, when you, when you give him your heart, when you, when you allow him to come in, he can bring out such beauty in the transformation. And um, in our weakness, he is strong. Like, he really is. He's glorious. Anyway, I just wanted to say that because that's just so important. Amen. So I just wanted to share, um, give you an update on the burn. It's been about a year since Chloe and I took over leading Bristol Burn. So um, and it's been a really interesting year. So I just want to give you a quick update. We really feel like we're missionaries to Bristol. I know we kind of support missionaries around the world, which is great. But I really feel like I'm a missionary to Bristol when I, you know, there isn't a day really when I don't think about the church in Bristol and I don't pray for the church and I pray for you. I pray for this community. But I also pray for the whole church in Bristol. And it's wonderful to see what God's, what God's doing. And I feel like it's really just watching him do it as opposed to me do it, if that makes sense. We just get to watch him do his thing. So for those that don't know, The Burn is a global worship movement. It's, it's kind of spread all over the world. It's doing really well in India right now. Loads of burns are popping up all over the place. It's basically simply just a, a group of Christians. It doesn't matter what denomination. It's an extended time of worship to, to God. It's, um, it's a passionate pursuit of his presence with the belief that as we worship and praise, as we host God's presence, that the city is changed, that our lives are changed, and that God, in his mystery, he breaks off strongholds, he breaks um, addictions, he breaks, he heals hearts, and he, he, he brings unity, he brings city transformation. And um, it's, a, it's a really fun Fun community to be to be a part of. So, um, 
I just want to share a bit of a testimony just so that you are up to speed. I don't know if everyone knows, but um, I've always had a heart for worship. Like, ever since I was little, um, I don't know why, I just always connected with worship. There's something about the worship, the heart of worship that even as a teenager when I was trying to be cool, there was something about that that really drew me in and I found myself just in tears and I wouldn't know why and you know, I could barely even get through songs sometimes because I would just that just because God's heart of love would just almost take over, and uh, to everyone's frustration, I couldn't finish songs most of the time. But um, but God's heart for His church has took a bit, came a bit later on. Um, in 2010, I finished my degree at Canterbury. And it was interesting because as soon as I finished the degree, I almost heard like the door shut in Canterbury because I was trying to work out where I should go. And and I was like, okay, so the, the door's shutting here. So I'll, I should probably go back to Bristol and um, move back in with mum and dad, as you do, which is great. And um, But as I did, God just really moved my heart for Bristol. He, he then went on this bit of a journey where he just really, really marked my heart for Bristol, the people that live in Bristol, but particularly the church in Bristol. And I remember very clearly, like, I think it was 2010 or the year after, he said something very specific to me. He said, the age of the little empires is over. And I thought, that's a weird thing. To, what is that about? What little empires and, um, oh yeah, can I have a clicker? Is it somewhere? Thank you. Right. So I caught this as a slide. And I just thought this was a really odd phrase, and I was like, what, what's this about, Lord? And I believe the way that he, he kind of, what he showed me afterwards was basically saying, like, churches often op- operate as little empires, they get all consumed with what's going on in their little group. And they put so much energy, so much resource, so much time into building up their group. And I was like, okay, so what's your heart then, God? Like, if, if this time of little empires is over, what's to come? And he didn't really answer. But um, I felt like he felt... He was quite serious about that. It was kind of a quite of a heavy. It wasn't a heavy word, but it was quite a, a piercing word for me, and it, and it def- definitely moved my heart. Um, in 2015, we were in David's tent. I think I was yeah, just married to Chloe. I think we were pregnant with Eden. I can't remember actually, but but it was 2015. And I felt such a conviction that there needs to be a burn in Bristol. And I was like, okay. I knew about the burn. I didn't know too much about it. But I knew that it was about God's presence. It was about unity in the church. It was about everyone getting together to worship for an extended period of time. That sounds great. I then inquired. I said, okay. So I, I approached the the burn people that were there. And I said, you know, is, is anything happening in Bristol? And they said, oh, it's interesting you should say that because there's one starting in January. And I'm like, oh, great. Good job. Amen. Um, 
And so we joined the team. So we led worship. Um, it was in January 2016. We actually led the first set, which was a big honor. Do you remember that, Tom? And um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Couldn't hear ourselves. We couldn't hear it. The sound was terrible. But we went for it. We just, you know, probably broke a guitar string and we just went for it. I think Joel played this riff that just everyone went crazy. Started dancing around. Anyway, um, so we really felt, I felt like there's something on this on this that's important, that, that God is highlighting to me. And so we stuck at it and um, it's been an interesting ride. And um, as anything, it has its like oh, it has its ups and downs. And uh, summer last year, um, Ian, who I was supporting, who was leading the burn, said, I'm going to step down. Would you like to lead the burn? And I said, oh, right. Well, this is actually something that you've already talked to me about. So, God, so I think I probably should, shouldn't I, God? And he goes, yeah, yeah, you should. And I'm like, okay. So I talked to Chloe about it, and we prayed about it, and we felt, Okay, yeah, this has been on my heart for a while. We should do it. And another phrase popped into my head. He talks very, in very short sentences to me, which I really appreciate because it's easy to write down. He said, he said to me, call the church together in worship. I was like, okay. And I said, that's pretty simple, right? <laughs> cool. Hello, the church, everyone in the Bristol, churches in Bristol, together, come together, in worship. Got it. Thank you, Jesus, for something so clear and to the point. And so um, I, I asked Chloe to join me in, in leading the burn, which I think is a really good idea because she's a, an amazing woman. And it's been a real journey just working out how how we um how we do it really. And um we started building a team which was really good. So glad to have Chloe and Anna join the team. And there's, there's um six others as well. And um in January of this year we did our first burn at Saint uh Saint Paul's in Southville. And uh, it was in the crypt and it was it, you know it's it was cool. Um, I was really nervous, um, but it, it went well. And um, people showed up and... Get to the point. Okay, so... And we've been on a journey since then. So this is this month we're going to be in Lockleys. And this is going to be the sixth burn of the year. And um, God has been so faithful. Like, he has opened doors where we felt there wasn't any doors... Like, quite early on, we were saying, ah, oh, over a cup of tea, Chloe and I were like, oh, it would be really good if we had our own sound system, wouldn't it? Because for a, a while, it had been a real pain having to borrow equipment every time we did a burn. And the week, week afterwards, we did a church together in worship, and a guy called Bev was there, and he was marveling at our sound equipment. He was like, wow, wasn't it amazing how you got it into that box? And I said, yeah, we got this guy called Martin, he it's just amazing, and he just manages to fit it all in. I don't know how it works. And he was just like, 
marveling at this thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really good. And he said, you know, you don't happen to need a sound system, do you? Um, yeah, actually, yeah, we do, actually, yeah. He goes, because I've just bought one, brand new. Well, I don't need it anymore. And um, I'm willing to let it go for pretty cheap if it's going to, like, a Christian organization. And I, my, like, my mouth just opened. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. So even when we don't pray, he listens to our conversations, God, all right? Even over tea, all right? So, like... Be careful what you say. <laughs> you don't have to put your hands together and do that. Like, you can pray just through talking sometimes. It, it, he listens. Obviously, there's different types of prayer, but I thought that was a wonderful testimony straight away. He was, so we just responded to the call, and he said, I will provide for you. I will give you everything you need. And actually, he then, then I was like, okay, how are we going to afford this? And, and then he provided the money as well, which is amazing. But a real, a real kind of, just to share more testimonies before I kind of get into the word, I'm going to share a word on the power of praise. Unity in, in Bristol, there's definitely something happening. The Lord is definitely moving among the churches. But there are times when I, I'd, I kind of do get a bit kind of like, Lord, how is this going to happen? There are so many different streams of church in Bristol. There are so many congregations. There's nearly like 300. Like so many different church leaders. And actually, as I'm finding out, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of issues. And I'm like, Lord, I will, you know, of course, we will do this for as long as it takes. But like, how is this going to work? And he's he's just opened doors. He has we've we pulled on the little thread and pulled it again, and it, it keeps taking us further and further. And um, as Dad mentioned, I got to know this this uh, young couple that are part of a, a Catholic church, and um, yeah, it's funny. Kingdom Bill was actually quite simple because we just became friends. We spent time together. We had a coffee, we connected, and we just connected heart to heart. And then one day he sent me a message saying, right, there's a big Catholic conference going on where people from across the region are going to come in together. Would you mind teaching on worship? And I was like, hmm, hmm, that sounds interesting. Why? And he said, well, no, what you're doing with the burn is special. The way that you seek God's presence, the way that you go after prophetic worship, uh, spontaneously kind of just stepping out the boat and just worshipping Jesus, we want that in the Catholic Church. And I was like, oh, right. So there's a hunger. And so we went, I think it was last month, yep, and there was such an openness. There was such an openness to the Spirit. And it was a really wonderful time. It was really easy. And it was like, you are my brothers and sisters. Like, why? How could anyone think that we're not brothers and sisters, you know? And um, we had a beautiful time in Mass. And uh, it's definitely just a real journey of of learning. But um, you could tell the hunger was there. And it's interesting because we were taking communion. And they they, they kept talking about the pain of separation. 
And I was like, what is that? What are you talking about? The pain of separation. And they're talking about the pain between the different streams of church. That they don't feel like they, they can share communion with those other streams. And I can see that the Lord is actually doing a work in, in people's hearts across the city. A hunger for unity. A hunger not to separate, but to, to come together in unity. And it was really fun just to humbly come and, and say, you know what? You guys have a rich heritage. Like, you, you have something wonderful. You have, you have an important voice. And we're just coming alongside you, and we're just kind of speaking into, uh, into this. And, yeah, it was just a real honor to, to be there, wasn't it? It was just, yeah. And we just did a bit of a work, workshop, and we said, hey, you know, worship's like a conversation. And uh, we did some teaching and out of the word, and, and they responded really well to that. And so there's a bridge being formed now. There's like a, it's like there's this stream that we just weren't connected in at all. Like we had no one coming from, no one kind of connecting in with the burn or connecting in from, like I had no, I go to a lot of church, like unity stuff. We didn't meet many kind of Catholic guys, but now through relationship, through friendship, through God just opening doors, we're going to see more collaboration. We're going to see more friendships forming. We're going to see the church coming together. And um, what's really exciting is I've been working with, we've been working with Dan and Aaron from, from Vanilla Bear. Because I was thinking, how do I call the whole church of Bristol together in worship? Like, how do I do that? You can't get a huge microphone and shout down the microphone, come on, worship. It's like, you know, but we've, so the idea was we would make a video, a short video that kind of captures our heart, that captures this heart for unity, that, that kind of prophesies into what the Lord is going to do in Bristol. And um, just really excited about, about that video, and hopefully it's going to be released soon. So watch this space. But um, they've been coming to different burns and filming different bits. But it's funny because it's not really about the burn. It's about God's kingdom. It's about what he's doing in Bristol. It's about what he's establishing here. And the burn is just a part of it. It's just a small bit. Have I missed anything out? Does anyone want to know anything, shout anything out, any comments, reflections? Yes, Anne? Why is it on God's heart to have the churches come together? Church unity is one of the manifestations of God's kingdom. It's sort of like a sign to the world that God is alive, that Jesus reigns, that his church, when his church comes together in unity, it's like saying, kingdom of darkness, beware, because the, coming, the king is coming. And so there's a, there is like a nice practical side of things where we're like, oh, let's all do it together. But actually there's a spiritual significance when we all get together there's anoint there's a there's power when we come together as one voice and call on the name of the lord um how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together it's like the oil that flows down the beard of aaron um it's something about about that 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 really pleases god it really delights his heart to see his, his children love one another 
and honor one another and serve one another and just commune. Yeah. Anyone else want to shout anything else out? You can heckle at me if you like. Before we move on. <laughs> Right. Amen. 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 That's one of the things that we really believe in. We re- we believe that God's going to there's going to be many salvations that are going to come out of this. We believe that. And, um, and I don't know half of it, but I know that there is a spiritual realm and that our praises have a big impact. I'm not going to stand here and explain, tell you that I know everything about it because it is a mystery. I just, I just know that we're being obedient. You know, and we see it in the Bible. And we're going to look at it just now, actually, which is really good. Yeah. But um, I just so value your prayers. I could just think, there are some days where I feel really insecure and I feel really weak. There are some times I'm like, why am I doing this? Because I just feel the pushback. I feel the spiritual pushback. And um, I remember one particular burn, I just felt so insecure. Like, I just didn't, I was just like, man. And I really had to strengthen myself in God and who I am and, and the call. And I just really felt like a. And for some reason, the week before a burn is always tough. Somehow. And I'm like, this is so annoying. Why are my children sick? Why is, why is, why is Chloe sick? You know, why am I feeling this way? Why have I got a headache? You know, I'm like, it's like I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get out. Get out of my house. Like, get, you know, sickness, leave. We've got stuff to do. So I just really value your prayers. I just really, really value the support. Like you're my, my home church. You're my church family here in Bristol. And um, and I represent you wherever I go, you know. I represent you guys. Amen. So I just want to share a word on the power of praise. We've been talking obviously about the power of praise in the corporate setting in a city scale, briefly. I could talk about it forever. I'm not going to. But I just want to capture some thoughts for what it looks like for us personally as well. Individually. Because I think it's a real key. As we said, there's something that something happens when when we praise him. When we're feeling full of anxiety, when we're feeling pushback, there's something so powerful about praising Jesus. What I mean by praising, I mean like declaring how good he is, declaring his nature over yourself, declaring his name, declaring like this is, this is the truth about my life, this is the truth about God, this is the truth about this situation. That's what praising is. You don't have to sing, you can praise him with just, just speaking. And it's just so powerful. And actually, equally, when things are going really well, and we praise him in those times as well, there's something powerful about that. 
So I just want to share two stories from the, from the Bible, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. Um, just really highlighting the power of praise. And I'll pull out a few points quickly and then um, be good if you're up for it. I don't want to be too presumptive, but if you could pray for us, that would be really good. So this is one of my favorite, 2 Chronicles 20, the story of King Jehoshaphat. Does anyone like to read this, actually? Anyone? Yeah? After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Menuhites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Is there more? Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Jahaziel, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. And so, and when they began to sing, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon. Moab and Mount Sir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed, and the fear of God came upon, came on all the kingdoms of the, of the countries. And when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, sorry, it's a, it's a really long story, but actually I cut quite a bit out, believe it or not. Um, and it's such a, a powerful, powerful story. When I meet with church leaders and they say, "What's all this about?" Sometimes I'll reference this story. Because church leaders like Bible verses, which is understandable. And, and 
So in this situation, King Jehoshaphat was afraid. He was surrounded. He had a situation where it was like, there is no hope. There is no humanly way we can get out of this alive. We are all going to die if, if God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't help us. So he set his face to the Lord. And then a prophet prophesied that the battle is not yours, it's God's. Sometimes it's so easy when we're in our situations to think about us. It's all about me. How can I get out of this? How, how, what have I done to deserve this? But actually the prophet prophesied, this battle isn't even yours. This battle is God's. Sometimes you've got to be like, God, this is your battle. I'm going to watch you fight it. And so sometimes what we do with the burn is we just we want to look at the Lord and say, this is your battle. We're going to praise and worship you, but you are the, the one who's going to deliver us. You are the one who's going to set the church free in Bristol. You're the one who's going to set us free from bondage. Not us. We're going to watch you do it. And, and then they sent out the worship team. What a crazy military action that was. That's the kingdom of Jesus for you, isn't it? Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love. Imagine eyeing up your enemy and just shouting, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love in Jules forever. <laughs> it's just like, it's not about you, it's about him. His steadfast love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise. Isn't that amazing? And when they began to sing and praise, God, the Lord, set an ambush. I just think that's such a wonderful, just so simple. I love a good, simple narrative, don't you? Just really helps me. The battle is not yours, it's God's. We just need to worship him. And the, sec- the second passage I just want to take from uh, Acts 16. So uh, this is like a, a kind of New, New Testament version. Um, Paul and Silas have just been put in prison for setting a young slave girl free from, uh, from a demon. And the... Uh, the authorities didn't like it, so they put him in prison. And it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were free. Now, I really hold on to this one. Because when we worship as the burn, we're worshiping and praising the Lord, believing that he's going to set us free, but also everyone in that area is going to be blessed. It says the prisoners were listening. They were listening. And it doesn't say how long they were worshiping for. Whereas in the previous story it says, and when they started singing, God set an ambush, in this story, we don't actually know for how long they were worshipping for. It just says at midnight. So it could be, it could have been all day. <laughs> you know, who knows? We don't know. But it says, not just Paul and Silas, not just their bonds, not just their chains were broken, but everyone in the prison 
And so when we go into an area, we are doing it prophetically for the whole area and for Bristol. We're believing. We often go to the places that we feel like spiritually it's quite heavy or places some, somewhere we just feel like we just feel quite drawn to it. And we're doing it almost on, on behalf of them. We are worshipping and declaring the breakthrough of the Lord. And that's the strategy that we're using. So I'm going to finish there because I'm conscious of the time. And uh, yeah, Christine.